3: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong. I can change a diaper with one hand.
2: That's the fact, Jack. And
1: Joe Getty. Joey
2: baby. I love that And the people. Armstrong and Getty. But
1: I know this. They're loco. So it's a
2: hustle.
1: Yeah, it's a ah!
4: And now, is
0: Armstrong and Getty.
5: Into uh, political theory, I always have been, um, and I'm not going to bore you with this, but I found it very, very interesting, and I think you will too. Th- they're talking about the demonstrations in China. It's the biggest and, and most ambitious in years and years. Some have even called for Xi Jinping to step down, uh, certainly for an easing of the, the COVID regulations. Um, but this study uh, I found so interesting. Uh, they are going to find odds tougher than might be apparent on the surface because of three major forces, two of them global and one particular to China. And I'll give you the very short version and we'll we'll flesh it out a little bit. For one, protests aimed at ousting a leader or government have seen their odds of success plummet in recent years, for reasons we'll get into, with the overwhelming majority now failing amidst changes in the nature of communication, organization, and repression Which is, China's all about that. But during the 20th century, they were much more likely to succeed than they are now, according to people who study popular uprisings.
0: That's interesting.
5: Uh, Another factor, China's government embodies a certain type of authoritarianism known as a revolutionary government. And new scholarship has found that to be exceedingly durable, even against serious unrest. And third... China's ruling Communist Party has repeatedly proven its exceptional skill at managing eruptions of popular anger, which are much more common there than Americans realize. They have angry people protesting this, that, and the other a fair amount. Often it's more local or regional, and they're pretty adept at letting steam vent, curing the problem a little or completely, and managing that anger back into calmness. They're pretty skilled at it. Um, And they point out that uh, one particular problem is that the elite, uh, if you're having a popular uprising, the elite around the leader, a certain number of them have to go with the crowd. Otherwise, it's not going to work. You like to think it's from the streets, but it's really the people at the higher reaches saying, you know, the people in the street have a point, and if they win, I can take power or whatever.
0: That would be like in Egypt when Mubarak fell, it's because the military was no longer listening to him.
5: Yeah, yeah, good example. Um, and China's uh, ruling elite are, by design by Xi Jinping, uh, remarkably unified. He's cast out anybody who gives the slightest whiff of dissent. So that's going to be tough. Uh, Throughout the 20th century, mass protests seeking a change in government grew steadily more common and more likely to succeed worldwide, felling many a dictator, according to research led by Erica Chenoweth of Harvard University. Uh, By the early 2000s, two in three such movements ultimately succeeded. But that was the high watermark. By the end of the 2010s, their odds of forcing a change in government had halved to one in three, and it's now one in six. Oh, wow. You know, I didn't realize they had enough of these to study to come up with percentages. But there are 200 and some countries around the world, and some of them change governments fairly uh, frequently.
0: You know, there was the belief when social media got up and running that uh, that was really going to help the oppressed. But it doesn't seem to have gone that direction. What a great
5: lead in. Folks, if we had scripted that, that could not have been more apt. Here's the deal. Nonviolence campaigns are at their lowest success rates in more than a century. Partly that's because mass protests have become more common, faster to rise, and larger in size worldwide because of social media. But this is, to me, really meaningful. Social media, which enables protesters to gather in once unthinkable numbers with little former leadership... Formal leadership may paradoxically also undermine those movements, according to a Columbia University uh, guy studying this. In earlier eras, activists might spend years building the organizational ties necessary to mobilize nationally. Social media allows would-be protesters to skip those steps, spur one another to action with as little as a viral post. The result is rallies that put thousands or millions in the streets overnight, but often fizzle just as quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I was wondering, and this would be very hard to measure, how much of that phenomenon we have here in the United States where people feel like they're doing something, feel like they're part of a movement because they're tweeting or gathering on Facebook or whatever. And that's not really the stuff that gets anything done.
5: And everybody can pick their own uh, favorite metaphor. Uh, Are they movements with no roots? Because they just grew up overnight. Are they skin deep? Johnny's come lately. That sort of thing.
0: Wow. That is really interesting. I actually saw Al Sharpton talking about this the other day of all people and just because he's led so many protests, he might know something about it. He said, you gotta have a leader. He said, that makes the difference. Somebody has to emerge as a leader that you rally around that hmm. directs things and, you know, meets with the other person and that sort of stuff. And, uh, a lot of these uprisings. We've had in recent years Iran, China, wherever, have not had that. No leaders emerged, possibly because of what you're just talking about—the way the social media, you know, grows out of nowhere thing.
5: Yeah, look at how much uh, trouble uh, Putin's gone to to silence Alexei Navalny, for instance, mm-hmm. the leader of the dissent there in Russia. Um, so, yeah, and and uh, I can't help but harp for a second or two on the fact that. Um, Protest movements like quote-unquote friends, like relationships, like human contact. Super easy online, but it's not as strong. It's not as permanent. It has no roots. It has less significant. It comes and it goes. Isn't that interesting? Everything's shallower on the Internet. Yeah. Including righteous protests of political anger. There's a little more to this. Uh, At the same time all of this was going on, um well they they mentioned leaderless and decentralized back to Al Sharpton's point and he's a con man but he's been successful at it. Uh, but resist, we, we must. And what? That's we that's must. What, that's what they're and trying we to, will much. I think they want about to that y- yes be committed. In China, right. Leaderless and decentralized social media protests more easily fracture, especially under repression, and they struggle to coordinate strategically a necessary po- step for pressing concrete demands or cultivating allies in positions of power. There you go. Which is a fancier way of describing what you were describing, really. Mm-hmm. At the same time, autocratic governments learning from uprisings in the 2000s, and former Soviet states in particular, have grown savvier at outmaneuvering dissent. Rather than resort to the overwhelming crackdowns of prior eras, which often backfired, they now undermine protests through slower, subtler methods. They spread confusion through propaganda, promote fissures within movements, contain protests, then wait them out, or apply just enough force to discourage protesters without provoking wider anger. And or, as we've discussed in China and Iran, um, they just wait a week. Then they come to your apartment, knock on it, say, you need to come with us. just to, We need to talk about this for a minute. And you're not seen for six weeks.
0: Boy, that's a balancing act. Dictators have been trying to get right forever. The let off a little steam, but not too much. Because if you let off too much steam, you end up with your head on a stick. Yeah. Outside of your own palace. Or yeah. in a or in a bucket, if you're Marie Antoinette.
5: The uh, the stuff about why revolutionary governments tend to survive this sort of stuff. I it's getting kind of far into political theory. Um, But the government's resilience comes from the revolution that swept them into power. Revolutionary movements typically uproot every aspect of the old order from business leaders to officers in the military to administrative bureaucracies. And as the revolution fills these out with its own folks, it's left with few internal rivals or threats. Mm. And so they tend to be more cohesive and hang on to power longer. Interesting. So, you know, the righteous uh, protests of the good people in China, I think they have a decent chance of getting Xi Jinping to soften the zero-COVID crap um, to try to, uh, he'll find a way in that good old commie fashion to distance himself from the policy and loosen it up some. So they'll probably get a lot of what they want, but Xi Jinping's going nowhere through these protests. That's what I would predict.
0: That's frustrating that social media may have made it actually harder. To pull off a revolution
5: it's easier to do it a little but you don't
0: get the real thing does that sound familiar yeah no kidding no kidding
1: armstrong and getty
4: your perfect home, sweet home.
1: Jack
5: Armstrong
2: and Joe Getty. I you. Let's go, Brandon. The Armstrong
5: and Getty Show. So, this uh, Sam Bankman-Fried character—one of the interesting aspects of him and his buddies—is um, that they were crazy into the topic of artificial intelligence. And like many people believed that it was as much uh, a scary thing as an inspiring thing.
0: Yeah, he probably read the book Life 2.0 like I did and became convinced of that.
5: Yeah, and uh, this uh, piece in the New York Times mentioned several big uh, labs and, and companies that are studying AI and how to rein it in and stuff. Uh and they mentioned um it, and we're talking like 5-600 uh, million dollars worth. That's that this guy and his cohorts and his companies poured into this.
0: Doing what? I mean, what's the money spent
5: on? Well, uh, I'll read this. Their, their investment was part of a quiet and quixotic effort to explore and mitigate the dangers of artificial intelligence, which many in Mr. Bankman-Fried's circle believe could eventually destroy the world and damage yeah, humanity. Absolutely. Over the past two years, the 30-year-old entrepreneur and his FTX colleagues funneled more than $530 million through either grants or investments into more than 70 AI-related companies, academic labs, think tanks, independent projects, and individual researchers to address concerns over the technology, according to a tally done by the New York Times. He and Elon would be in agreement on this. Yeah, and actually all these entities are now concerned about whether they can continue their work because they're afraid they're Grants could be clawed back in court. Oh boy, as ill-gotten gains. Uh-huh. So, uh, like the whole AI research world is reeling and afraid, not sure what to do now uh, until all this settles down. For what it's worth,
0: yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, fascinating stuff. I don't, I can't imagine what they spend the money on in terms of researching it, but uh, trying to be ahead of AI before it finally does reach the ability to learn on its own, to try to keep it from destroying the world.
5: Well, into like resynthesized, uh, resynthesized uh, uh n- 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 mallard gators, uh, and turn them loose on humanity to to chew us up and you know so the computers can run wild across the landscape. I don't know exactly what it'll
0: look like, but that's one possibility. That's one scenario. I don't I don't know why the <laughs> the computers would want to do that, but they might. We can check in on China. How are those protests going or not? What's the likelihood that they're going to be victorious? Slim, I think.
5: Charles C.W. Cook is an absolutely terrific writer, uh, writes for a number of publications, including the National Review, a uh, piece he just published when journalists become speech police. I'll cram as much as I can into this uh, segment. I thought it was brilliant, but uh, I love this. Call it Cook's first law. Whatever the story, however complex its details, members of the American press will react by announcing who must be forbidden to speak going forward. This is what too many journalists are now. Not firefighters, not mediators, not conveyors of vital information, but zealous obscurantists staffing would-be censorship agencies. In comes the news, and within minutes, out comes the latest justification for shutting everyone up. A mentally ill homeless man attacks Nancy Pelosi's husband with a hammer? That's the Republican Party's fault for running political ads against Pelosi, and it must stop. A disturbed man shoots up a gay club in Colorado Springs, Colorado. That's the fault of Americans who object to drag shows for kindergartners, and they must be quiet. Elon Musk plans to moderate Twitter with a lighter hand. That will cause havoc and put lives at risk, and it must be prevented at all costs. All those examples, by the way, uh, had quotes around some of the phrases, uh, because they are actually in major American uh, publications. Um, and he talks about how at least the censors of the past were open about what they were doing and why they were doing it. He says, today's, by contrast, are pathologically determined to euphemize it. Because they're vaguely aware that there's something untoward about members of the press being censors, essentially, uh, their rules come across, come couched in language of necessity. Once upon a time, everything was speech. Now there is speech as classified and approved by media sentinels, but there is disinformation hatred and hate speech, and even stochastic terrorism. I haven't run across that.
0: No, that's a big thing right now. We'll have to talk about that later.
5: Okay, cool. Uh, One might uh, sum the capriciousness with which free expression is now trampled with one of those irregular verbs. It's an obscure reference to a British comedy, but I report, you harass. He should go to jail for incitement, using the same phrase. You know, uh, freedom for me, not for thee. Uh, let's see. Worse still is the grotesque tendency for members of the press to cast their transparently self-serving determinations as raw scientific truths. It's not the opinion of NBC, Axios, or The Washington Post that Twitter would be left uh, as it is. It's a fact as determined by the Experts that these experts have been repeatedly proven to be full of it. Remember when the entirely legitimate Hunter Biden laptop story was a Russian disinformation campaign and therefore needed to be suppressed just before the election? That seems not to matter. Nor indeed does it seem to matter that a great many of our arbiters of truth are rank hypocrites and contemptible lunatics. The temptation to cast one's preferences as a fact is a strong one. And for now at least, many modern journalists seem entirely incapable of resisting it.
0: Yeah, the the Twitter thing is the is the is so weird. Like, I just do not get what all the angst is from mainstream media and everybody on the left about the whole Elon Twitter thing. What exactly are you mad about? Yeah. Well, and what's
5: really interesting is that it's being cast now as fact, not angst, but fact that. Well, as everybody knows, uh, Elon Musk will turn Twitter into a Has fascist turned. garden. That's right. That's I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Twitter is already a, a fascist garden of hatred and violence. Right. When there's no evidence, none to that end. Uh, I love this example. It's a good one. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Last week, the New York Times Michelle Goldberg conceded at the outset of her piece uh, on the shooting at Club Q in Colorado Springs that police are still investigating the motive. And then, having duly covered her ass with that caveat, she proceeded merrily along as if there were no need to wait for the facts of the case to be determined. Throwing caution to the wind, Goldberg proposed that because, quote, we know that the suspect is facing hate crime charges and that the attack took place in a climate of escalating anti-gay and anti-trans violence and threats of violence. That's a quote. Wait, is it? She could write the column she wanted to write all along. Among the causes of the entirely predictable massacre, again a quote, Goldberg insisted among the causes were the right, Chris Rufo, Florida red legislators, Ron, Governor Ron DeSantis' press secretary, QAnon, Republicans and Republican-aligned groups, the Proud Boys and other demonstrators, Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, The Daily Wire's Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro. Those are all quotes from the article. These people, groups, and phenomena, Goldberg concluded, quote, don't get to duck responsibility if a sick man with a gun took them seriously. But that if is pretty important, though, isn't it? Charles Cook writes. And then I wish I had uh, time to read the the second paragraph, but... There, it goes into the Gabby Gifford shooting, Sarah Palin being blamed for it, the shooting at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando that turned out to have been chosen at random. On and on and on. They're wrong again and again and again, linking people to responsibility for these shootings. Hypocrites and censors.
4: Perfect home, sweet home.
1: Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. On a personal privilege, this don't get mine. brazen with me. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I mean, there is FCC
3: scrutiny of ownership of news organizations right. when it comes to social media and a company like TikTok. It's owned by a Chinese firm. An increasing number of Americans are relying on it for actual news, not just tweeting about themselves, but actual news. Is this a risk? As more people use these platforms, as they get more information, as they're shifting away from traditional media that we're all used to, the intelligence services of our adversary are seeing the shift as well. And so it's not necessarily specifically about TikTok. It's all platforms and it's all avenues. That's on Face the
5: Nation, Margaret Brennan uh, talking to Chris Krebs, who's the former director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Uh, First of all, Margaret, you don't tweet a tiktok (laughs) that's like posting a facebook tweet
0: which is kind of interesting because i don't know how she she looks like she's 40 to me um so even like a 40 year old is not hip to what the younger crowd is doing Mm -hmm. uh, for getting their news so here you got the 40 year old host of face the nation who's out of touch with where, where most people are getting their news from TikTok. Right. And then this guy's explaining how it's our our enemies who realize these idiots are getting their news from TikTok. Well, let's try to influence that.
5: Sure. Yeah. Uh he gets uh, more specific about the
3: TikTok risk. But TikTok uh, represents uh, a specific risk. And and a a colleague of mine wrote a paper, Dakota Carey wrote a paper for CyberScoop, talking about how it's not necessarily the data security challenges. It's that the Chinese Communist Party may have the ability through the parent company of TikTok, to actually shape narratives, suppress, lift, shape what we see on a daily basis. And it doesn't have to be everything you see all the time. Mm -hmm. It can just be enough. Yeah. It can just be enough. A little bit. I guarantee you that's
5: happening with Xi Jinping becoming the king of China, essentially, this past weekend. And the whole of society uh, effort at war. Don't trust him. China! I don't, sir.
0: You know, I sometimes wonder if... I, I don't I, I don't think the authoritarian, authoritarian systems are better in any way, but they might be right that we are just decadent. Your democracies are decadent. Because just a bunch of idiots stumbling around uh, taking drugs gambling getting our getting entertainment wherever we can get it
5: screeching at each other our supposed democratic politics is screeching at each other like you know two warring tribes not making any sense closing our schools just cuz the orange guy said they ought to be open just
0: idiotic politics more interested in sports or kardashians than we are in what's actually going on so easily oh. manipulated
5: yeah. 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 Again, it's not a vote in favor, no. But, uh anyway,
3: uh oh well, that's you know, this is kind of I'm not sure if this is on the topic. It's short, play sixty two, Michael. And I think about what happens if uh, if the if the Chinese invade Taiwan, what happens in the run up to the 24 election if, if they're not happy with some of the more, uh, you know, the stronger right. stance that this administration is taking in China? It, there is significant amount of risk exposure we have here. Uh,
0: and I don't know if he's talking about it there, but the ability to influence younger people on TikTok about that issue. Sure.
5: Yeah. Yeah. That is troubling. You know, and and speaking of TikTok, the Washington Post had a really interesting feature. It's kind of long. I'll hit you with some of it, but um, about TikTok stardom going viral on it intentionally, um, not like the crazy lady climbing the wall that we featured the other day. That charming uh, young gal with the voice like a like a nightingale. Do we have her?
1: I'm gonna cut it down about the blood for damn place. You damn b- b- son of a. B-
5: I'd love to hear her sing an aria <laughs> some some Saturday
0: night. Wouldn't that be lovely? Uh, anyway, we're oh, all Whisper sweet nothings in your ear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, I love you! Ah, yeah, you never to get back!
5: How about ah, a roll of the hay. I'm feeling naughty, are you? <laughs>
0: oh, jeez. Hey.
5: oh dur. Where? I'm
0: afraid I can't perform. <laughs>
5: It's hard for me to get ready when I'm terrified. <laughs> what do you mean?
1: <laughs> kiss me,
0: kiss me. Oh, jeez.
5: All, right. All right. Where was I? Ah, but the TikTok viral kids. Oh, speaking of decadence in society and poll after poll shows this. The one thing young people want more than anything else is to be famous.
0: Mm,
5: which yeah. is, I
0: had this conversation uh, with my 10 year old yesterday convinced he's going to be a YouTube star. That, that's what he wants to put his time into. And just, oh boy. Anyway.
5: Well, ev- everybody wants to be famous, and it's amazing because virtually anybody who is will tell you, you don't want to be that.
0: Yeah, what boy, there's a good point. I, mean, I didn't even bring up that angle of it. Not only the unlikelihood of it happening, if it does happen, ask Matthew Perry, ask lots of different people. Oh yeah. Uh, even if it does happen, it's not, not, not the best thing to have happen to you. Yeah, and and while you know
5: we appreciate very much folks who listen to the show, and I met dozens and dozens and dozens of people who who are fans of the show on Friday night doing a special event. Um, if you're like actually famous and the attention of the world is upon you, I can't or, even
0: imagine how awful that would be. Oh my god,
5: no, it it would be terrible just because you become a lightning rod for so much anger and craziness and sometimes affection that's out of control. Well, and and gosh young women, you deal with something I've never really had to deal with at all, people who uh, aren't just fans of your work but they want to have sex with you very much and they're crazy.
0: Well, then the attention people pay to your kids and everything. Ugh. Well, and then,
5: you know, not to go too far down this road, but uh, yeah, that's a good one. But um And many people have fallen for this. You start to tie your self worth to your fame or whether you're getting the great reviews and, and, and the adoration of the crowds and the rest of it. And when that goes away, it's, you know, like having your soul yanked out. So that's not healthy either. Anyway, uh, Washington Post with a really interesting piece. Sorry you went viral. TikTok's explosive stardom has created a new kind of celebrity, but nothing goes viral like rage. Mm. And they're talking about this 21-year-old anime and gaming fan in London Uh made making money on TikTok, the centerpiece of her life. She devoted every night and weekend to making videos, optimized her room and eye-catching pink, hired a management team to handle her video branding deals and bookkeeping, even though she still lived at home. Now is the 9 million follower nintendo.girl She is one of the app's biggest successes, and she feels like she's achieved a creative dream. But competing for attention, she said, can often feel like working a shift that never ends. And winning it can feel even worse, since her most viral videos also bring on the heaviest flood of hateful insults and sexist trolls. She has woken up in the middle of the night to check her phone, and after some videos has refused to sleep, feeling too anxious about the response. Yeah. There's this power TikTok has, she says. It's just so, so popular and that can be a scary thing. You have to constantly be fighting against other content creators to be seen. You don't realize the impact of having so many eyes on you. Those people who've chosen not to like you, they're going to see you right there on the screen and nothing you do is going to make a difference. You've got to learn to deal with the hate.
0: So, it's funny, I just watched a video last night by Mr. Beast who I've mentioned before. He's one of the Biggest YouTube stars in the world, he's number five or something like that, and uh, he had a video out where he's talking. He was talking about how m- most people don't understand how much, how long I've been at this, now much effort I put into it. But I started when I was twelve, and he said I poured my life into this every day. From age 12, 13, 14, 15, nothing, 16, 17, nothing. Wondering if I was just wasting my time and my parents were right. 18 started to catch on a little bit, exploded at 19, 20. Now he's, he's a gazillionaire. He may, wow. and his, every video he puts out gets 90 million views, um, or something like that. I mean, there, t- there, there are no TV shows on the air right now that can touch Mr. Beast wow. in terms of exposure, but he's a one in a gazillion. Mm-hmm. And uh, But he's the one that makes people like that woman or my son think that they can be that also.
5: Yeah, yeah. Then they go into some <clears throat> detail about the bigger your video hits, the more hate and mean-spirited and rape threats and the mm-hmm. rest that you get. Says this associate professor at the University of Colorado at Boulder. The phrase people use is getting on the wrong side of TikTok. One person told me, I wish I could just stop my videos at 30,000 views. And then they go into how cruel and the commenters can be. Um, some have received death threats for supporting abortion, making cheesy videos or selling expensive chocolate bars. Death threats for selling chocolate bars. Yeah. But it's TikTok's collaborative video tools that have really made it hate comments come to life. Said this 33-year-old who posts about gay issues to his 5 million followers, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then just, uh, there's the hollowness of it to me, but I don't know. People make their own choices, but I just, this is all evolving so quickly. You just wonder what sort of, you know, staying power is going to have.
0: I guarantee if this had been going on when I was 16, it'd be the only thing on my mind every single day. How do I find a niche on YouTube or TikTok or something like that? Because there's never been a, a, a gold rush like this. If you can come up with an idea, you don't need anything other than an idea and a computer and, you know, Internet hookup. You can come up with the right idea. Brandon
5: Conway, 22, was lying in bed one night this summer at his family's cattle farm outside Athens, Georgia, when he posted his first TikTok showing him singing Michael Jackson in a karaoke bar parking lot. Within a day, the video had soared past 9 million views. He'd gained 170,000 followers, and he started dreaming of a life beyond his DJ shift at a local Italian grill.
0: (laughs) Why dream beyond that?
5: (laughs) You're playing music at the Olive Garden. You're already living a dream. I just want to be the next person to make it big, he said.
0: Yeah. That's not good that we got uh, so many young people that are thinking that way. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Mr. Beast had a good one the other day. I think it was a $100,000 rock, paper, scissors with the rock. (laughs) Wow. And then you come up with that idea, and he gets so many views, he can pay for the idea.
5: Right. Which is the way it
0: works. (laughs) That is funny, and
5: I have seen some really, really funny stuff on there.
0: Um, We got a bunch of things on the way. The the main thing is so. would you what's your takeaway from the? I didn't see the thing on Face the Nation about TikTok. I was thinking about putting it on my phone because it's so influential and huge right now. Is it a bad idea to have TikTok on your phone?
5: I think you can have it on there for a while and delete it. Although, who knows? The Chinese may have designed some sort of backdoor worm that crawls up in your phone and stays boy, there. I don't,
0: don't want trust these, China. Yeah. I don't want the old backdoor Chinese worm. I'll tell you that.
5: Oh, oh, oh boy.
0: That's one thing you don't want. I
5: think you're uncomfortable now.
1: <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. 200 and I suffered depression. The, the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yes, sir. I okay. appreciate it very much. All right, have a good one. You do the same. Hey! Hey, my car. my car. Who is
2: that? Well, right now. My phone's in my damn car. Did y'all see the gun? Let me grab my
0: phone. So that's a guy Drama got a, in real life. So that's a guy got his car stolen while uh, delivering a pizza. My 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 first question with lots of these things is who is recording it? Does everything just get recorded now? Who's recording it? A lot of this is the uh, doorbell cameras. Doorbell cameras. So oh, yeah. as soon as we get to everybody's got a doorbell camera and everybody has a car with cameras in it like my car has, everything will be recorded all the time. Everywhere. Which is going to be a weird way to live. I mean, it's already getting weird. But anything that happens anywhere is being (laughs) recorded. Wow. That's a weird world. No kidding. Came across this story. I haven't actually read it. But how do I tell my child I can't afford what they want?
5: Say we can't afford that. Seems pretty simple to me. It's the way my parents... (laughs) handled it they said that's too expensive
0: or or i as i often tell my kids no i can afford it you know it's 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 not the money thing i just don't want you to have that (laughs) i don't want you to have that now or you've got Mm. enough of this that sort of thing
5: right or the famous i have money you don't have money (laughs) Right. right now you might want me to spend my money on
0: that but i don't want to I you know I regularly regularly break out my inflation calculator. I have a, a, an inflation calculator app on my phone, and man, it comes in handy a lot. I'll tell you. But I break it out regularly when I'm trying to determine whether or not my kids should have like this much money or buy something that costs this much. Because I I still have in my head the amounts from when I was a kid, and so if I put it in the inflation calculator and see what ten dollars was in 1975 now, a lot of times I think okay. My parents would have made a big deal out of that, so I shouldn't make a big mm-hmm. deal out of this because I'm still thinking about. I haven't, yeah, I haven't oh, adjusted, I haven't adjusted for today, and sometimes I'm just way off track. I'm way too stingy. my My youngest, the ten year old, he is on a recent bent of wanting to spend all his money. I want to have all my money gone. I want to. He says he says, by the time I get out of high school, I don't want to have any money. I don't know. And he's on this weird kick. You can, wow, I want to start completely clean on my own and earn my own money. Oh. so Yeah. Hmm. So, I like the impulse all right, but I'm just not sure the, the method makes that much sense. Uh,
5: no, it, it betrays perhaps a 10-year-old's view of finance, but that's <laughs> healthy and normal.
0: Yeah, you should have that as a 10-year-old or some, something that's, in that range.
5: That's why there are comparatively few preteen financial advisors, for instance. <laughs>
0: I was talking to mine, who's a full grown up yesterday, financial advisor, not a preteen. And, um, uh, he was t- talking about, you know, getting every, all the ducks in a row for the coming wave of audits that he thinks is going to happen with hiring the 87,000 new IRS agents. God, I hope. Not. Ooh, wow. I got to make a call myself. God, I'm overcome with paperwork. I've been paperwork. doing some stuff that's, uh, <laughs> stretching it. I'm overcome with paperwork and crap now. I can't imagine an audit falling down upon my head. I suppose to just be a you, you you call a your tax person or tax or tax people. You might need multiple people in this one. Say do it and tell me how much it cost me at the end. I don't want to freaking hear another word about it. Yeah,
5: boy. As you know, I've been staging. Uh, well, it's an all cash business. I've been staging panda fights and uh, then laundering the money through my taco truck. And I don't even know how to make a
0: taco. All in 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 uh, cryptocurrency though. Right. So oh, it's yeah. all crypto. needless to say. Yeah. Oh yeah.
5: Yeah. There's a cover charge to get into the panda fights. Then obviously you bet on the fights, but in crypto, In crypto. And I get the big <laughs> in crypto and then launder it through my taco truck. <laughs> so yeah, I probably ought to get in touch with my accountant.
0: What are you? We probably don't have time for this because it came up earlier in the show and I almost jumped into the, the tangent. How, what are our feelings about food trucks? I'm, I have mixed feelings about food trucks. On one hand, they're delicious and there's one right there. And I can eat from it, and it's so easy. But on the other hand, I always look around at the nearby restaurants and think, man, you are getting screwed. You bought that building or pay the rent and all the insurance and everything that goes with it, and this guy just pulled up on the street and is selling food. Some of your customers are going there just because it's so freaking convenient. I just think it's
5: an innovation. And usually an innovation leaves somebody behind. And that the brick-and-mortar restaurant owners are probably pushing pretty hard for their uh, the weight of regulation and, and fees and permits and the rest of it to be lightened so that they can compete. And I hope they get their wish.
0: Or will we move toward a world where uh, restaurants can't make it, don't make it? Just like Amazon came along, brick-and-mortar stores went away. Bookstores went away because you buy on Amazon. That's not fair either, but that's what happened. Uh, is every street just, there's just food trucks everywhere. And it kind of rotates with the whims of what people are into eating this time of year or what's popular now. And, uh, and restaurants kind of go away. More empty retail space. But there's, I came by, I went by one the other way and there's no way that he's like permitted or anything like that. He was just parked in like this alley of a street. Selling hand pies. Oh, hand pie, hand pie. What are you saying? And, uh. Wait, 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 wait what's, what's a hand pie? That's a hot, that hot new thing is hand is pies. Because an apple pie
5: is filled with apple. A cherry pie is filled with cherries. I can only presume a hand pie it's gruesome. is the disembodied hands. <laughs> Of this guy's victim,
0: it is gruesome, and you have to have a you know a, a flavor for for flesh to enjoy it. But, <laughs> oh, no, wow. hand pies are just they're just pies, obviously, and they're crafted in such a way that they're basically like what McDonald's has been selling: hot apple pies. Caution: Filling maybe hot for many ah. many years. It's pie in a form that you can kind of hold it in your hand.
4: Oh, okay. I get They're usually it, yeah. shaped
0: different, but hand pies have become popular right now. They have in Wow, it, I love the idea. There's a hand pie truck, and he just pulled up on the alley, and he had people standing in line selling hand pies. And I thought, man, the bakery over there has got to be loving it. Uh, you know, Judy and I. I think we bought a hand pie the other day, but we just called it a
5: little pie because we're not hip. Hambone, hambone. What are you saying?
4: Armstrong and Getty. It's time for today's Lucky Land
3: horoscope with Victoria Cash.
2: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions supply.
4: Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.
5: You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep
3: breath, and feel new?